Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Ryan Rabinovich. Ryan is the Vice President of Sales at Free Developments. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Great to be here. Um, Ryan, why don't we start just tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got your start in real estate. Sure. Um, about a decade ago, I was working at the Bank of Montreal as a uh, direct banking manager. And uh, very quickly, I realized that that typical corporate world uh, and the structure that goes with it was just not a good fit for who I was. And uh, I was starting to look around and winning other career options. And um, I've decided to uh, go and get my real estate license while I figure out the next step. Got my real estate license relatively quickly and uh, began trading in uh, real estate shortly after that. Had a couple of great, you know, great years, a lot of great learning experience on that side of the business. Um, and about after that point, I started working for one of the um, more prominent developers in the city. I uh, spent about five years with them, learned a lot, a lot of really great experiences with them. And, um, and uh, you know, about a year later, my wife and I had a had a baby, and I decided that I was hoping to, you know, advance my career to the next level. Freed came with uh, with a great opportunity to lead their sales team and and help it grow. And there were there were so many exciting projects in the pipeline that I just thought, what a great opportunity to to be involved in something that I'm so passionate about. And uh, and I took it. And about two and a half years later, here we are. Um, take us back, if you will, like to when you first got started, what do you, was there a moment or was there a deal, like maybe one of your first deals or, or maybe your first purchase yourself or something? Was there a moment where you sort of, the light bulb went off and you were like, whoa, like this, like real estate is for me. This is what I've been looking for. This, this is the most exciting industry to be in. Great question. Yes. Yeah. I had a few of those moments of real realization where um, I really felt like I'm just in the right place in the right time doing uh, something that I genu- genuinely enjoyed and, you know, fully realizing that not many people get, get to be able to say that about what they do for a living. I remember when I first got licensed, <clears throat> I got a couple of listings of uh, of friends' parents' homes and and have done pretty well for them and and uh, and I was very proud of myself for being able to to sell a few homes and uh, you know very freshly licensed just started to dabble in real estate at that point and I just felt you know what if I can if I could help people um, achieve both their uh, family goals by going into the next you know family home or downsizing and or if I can help investors potentially get into uh, the market and make the right investment moves by investing in real estate, how great would that be? And, you know, 10 years later, it it definitely feels like I've made the right choice and I couldn't be happier about that. Um, can you take us back? I know you're a condo investor yourself as well, and you, you've, you've done very well uh, on the personal side investing in real estate. What was your first... Um, 
purchase that you made and, and how did that work out for you? <laughs> the first purchase I've ever made was actually before I was licensed. I was about 21 years old. I had a, a part-time job at that point for about four years that I've, I've worked at through school. And um, I just had a feeling that I should get into the market. I've always been interested in real estate, always read real estate news and kept current. But, um, you know, I was young and wasn't making a huge amount of income. And I was still living at home, which afforded me the opportunity to still take some risks with, uh, with the money that I did earn. And I remember uh, it, was a, it was a condo in Vaughan. New building was coming out for sale. At this point, it was about uh, 12 years ago or so. And uh, I remember kind of going over to the site and, and hearing what they had to say. They were launching the following week, and I was living in the area. So I drove by the site every day leading up to, leading up to that day. And about two days before, I saw a couple of people there at night as I drove by. And when I stopped to ask what's going on, they, they told me they're waiting in line. And, you know, inexperienced investor, but very eager. I was, um, I stayed there for a few hours just chatting with them. Uh, they were much more seasoned than me. There were only about three of them there, but they were more seasoned investors than me. They've had quite a few properties in their, in their portfolio. And I said, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to wait with you guys here and just kind of see what happens. So I spent the night with them there and then the next day and the next night and the following morning after that was when the site launched and I found myself being a, in, in a position where I was the fourth person in a line of about 250 people waiting for this launch. Wow. So the doors opened and I walked in with the number four and I got to choose the unit that I loved. I, you know, my mo my mother came and, and supported me that morning and we chose the unit that, that I thought would be a good fit for me. And, uh, at that time, it cost me $212,000 for, for a two-bedroom that's just under 1,000 square feet, including parking. And wow. <laughs> I still own that unit today, and it's probably worth just over 400000 and it just does incredibly well as, as a rental property, and the building is really well managed with maintenance fees, you know, always staying within reason, and... Uh, I ended up living there for three years in between the time uh, I was renting it. So it just ended up working out really well for me. And, and that was my first venture into the real estate market. Um, wow, it's amazing. Uh, great story. It's obviously worked out very well for you. And it speaks, you know, uh, you don't really need to say anything else other than the fact you still have the property and it's still doing great for you as a, as a rental. Um, but was I find that, you know, talking to first-time investors uh, or, or people, I should say, looking back on their first investment, um, there's usually some kind of a, a learning point or uh, often a mistake that is made that you, you kind of learn the hard way kind of thing. Was there, was there something that you did there that you, you know, or, or learn, what was the key learning experience you sort of took from that first property or something that uh, maybe you, you know, knowing what you know now, you would do differently? What I'd say, um, one of the experiences that I had with that specific property is um, I wasn't represented by a knowledgeable realtor who really understood the market, right. understood uh, what a typical agreement of purchase and sale with a developer 
looks like. And, um, you know, I ended up signing the agreement blindly because, you know, there was this, you know, big hype and, and a little bit of mob mentality, which I was a victim to. Um, yeah. But when it came down to close, I got, uh, you know, I was at my lawyer's office and we were reviewing the closing statement and I started seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of fees that I never knew were a part of the deal because I never really looked at the agreement of purchase and sale in, in that much detail. Right. I feel that being represented by the right agent who would have, you know, raised those red flags for me would have probably saved me thousands of dollars in closing costs just on those items alone outside of being able to guide me properly and make sure that all my uh, T's are crossed and my I's are dotted. Right. That's a, that's a great point. It's something that uh, we talk about a lot, obviously, on the podcast and in, in uh, my, my newsletters and everything is just the importance of whether it's me or whether it's somebody else is you need to you need to be represented. You need to have uh, proper representation, even if you've been an investor for a long time. It's so important to have somebody um, on your side looking out for your best interest. Um, and it's funny enough, my own story, uh, my first purchase as well. Uh, which I talk a lot about, um, was very similar. And uh, I did the same thing. I jumped in. It, it ended up working out very well for me as well financially. But um, I could have saved you know, thousands of dollars if I had have had representation. I could have done a lot better uh, if I had I had proper representation uh, on my first purchase as well, which was made before I was an agent as well. So, um Great, uh, great, great story. Um, what do you like most? I mean, you've been in the business for a long time now. You've seen a lot of different things. What do you like most about real estate? What still excites you about it? What keeps you coming back every day? And, uh, the people. The industry is very exciting. It's it's very dynamic. And, you know, we're involved in a lot of really exciting projects that um, that take a lot of work to bring to the market and that's you know that's a different discussion altogether and something that I'm very passionate about um, but if I would have to say what's the one thing that motivates and and drives me and of course free development to kind of always strive for for more would be the people that we're dealing with we we have a, a big following in the uh, agent market a lot of agents um, have great relationships with us because they really believe in what we're doing and the product that we're creating. And, you know, there's a bit of a freed twist to every one of our buildings that that is our, you know, little flair that we add to, to the buildings, whether it's in forms of, of incredible lifestyle amenities or in in a form of, of exciting retail in the base of the buildings. Um so agents feel very comfortable dealing with us and our team when they're representing buyers because they know the buyers will have the values there. And dealing with agents and their buyers, and of course buyers on their own, is very fulfilling for me because I know that we're making, you know, we're taking a huge responsibility by getting someone to spend hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars for an investment or their next home and that carries a lot of weight for us we take that seriously and, and just dealing with those people day to day and seeing how they go through the process just is very exciting for me every time 
Why should anyone invest in a condo today? I think the stability there. I think the stability is definitely there. Um, it's definitely different than when I first started investing in the market just over 10 years ago. It's much different because 10 years ago, you could have really picked almost any project and you would have seen a great return on it. The city had gone through a huge growth, uh, real estate growth uh, spurt in values over the last decade. I feel that today, um, there are a lot of options. Not all of them are, are great. Some some are, some are not. Some are better. Some are worse. But at the end of the day, the condo market gives you a lot of stability. Toronto is still a growing city, and all of the economic indicators are still showing that there's lots to be positive about. And uh, and the condos are just a great way to be able to get into the market. And in my opinion, is the easiest and safest way for um, the middle classes, the lower classes to build wealth through real estate that they wouldn't have otherwise been able to build for their families um, using other investment vehicles. What would you say to the sort of skeptic out there who thinks that condos are not a good investment, that they're they're building too many condos, we have a condo bubble? Uh, You hear it all the time, obviously, from different people. What's your, what would you say to that person? That's 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 a great question. Of course, you know, being being in these um, circuits for for so long, I've I've heard it all. I've heard the skeptics being skeptical 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 about the market for you know for many years, and all I've seen in that time is real estate values growing, and those skeptics are out of the market, getting more and more priced out every day. I think the market has proven itself to be a great healthy market and I think that every day that if you're contemplating investing into the market every day that passes you're doing yourself a disservice by being negative about a market that has shown so many positive reasons uh, so many reasons to be positive about Um, and so I would tell the skeptics that um, that it's time to believe in the market and believe in the Canadian economy Toronto specifically and uh, and get get in there and and see the results for yourself. What kind of stuff do people say to you? Again, going back in time to your first purchase, um, what did people say to you? Because uh, you know, anytime you tell someone you're buying any kind of real estate whatsoever, everybody's got an opinion. There's always somebody who, especially if you're buying for investment, there's always somebody who says, "Oh, it's a bad idea." Um, and, you know, and as investors, we one of the skills we need to learn is just to you know look at the facts, look at the figures and and ignore everything else. But what were some of the things people said to you at the time when you bought? Because like you said, it's, you've been hearing this since day one. Um, you recall anything specific that somebody said to you, you bought that condo for $212,000 and now it's worth 400. Oh yeah, absolutely. I recall, I recall exactly when I bought the condo, um, it was on a Saturday morning, Saturday night. I went out with, with a few of my friends for, you know, for dinner and a few drinks. And I told him, you know, very excited about my, my, my purchase. I told him, you know, guys, you're not going to believe it. I, I, I went for it. I just put some money into the market and I bought a condo earlier today and so excited about it. And the, you know, the guys and, um, the guys were obviously excited about it, but they tried to talk me out of it saying, 
you know, will condos in Thornhill really work? Um, Thornhill is not a condo market. It's more of a house market. You know, how are you going to find tenants? Most people in, in Thornhill don't want to live in condos. They want to live in homes. And I think looking back now, those were, you know, valid comments. But um, I think they're only valid if you're not understanding exactly what lifestyle condos provide. For $212,000, even 10 years ago, I was never able to buy a home. It was just a way for me and other young professionals or young families like me to get into the market. And then as soon as we start seeing growth on the value of the real estate which we invest in, we then have a lot of different options to play with those gains. We can draw some equity out and invest in another, in another property or sell the property altogether and, and invest in another property or, you know, live in the property or rent in the property. We have, you have so many different ways to, to treat your real estate, um, almost customize it exactly based on your A, investment goals or B, uh, your, your end user goals. And I think that, um, I think that I remember in the 10 day period, I was contemplating actually rescinding or canceling my agreement because, you know, everyone was telling me this is crazy and condos are never going to work in Thornhill. And, you know, I ended up just sticking to my guns and I felt really good about it. And, you know, obviously looking back now, it's, it's one of the best things that I've done. Amazing, amazing story. And I just hear that stories time and time again um, of people who did not listen to those voices, uh, whether it's in your head or whether it's right in front of you with your friends and family. Uh, and they stuck with it and, and it just, it always works out very well in the end when you do that, when you buy smart. Um, you, you also, you touched on something early about the fact that, you know, there's so many projects in the market today. Uh, you know, there's some winners, some losers. I think you're being very generous there. Uh, I mean, I, I always like to say 95% of the, the projects on the market are really a bad choice, a bad investment. They're, they're really not worth your time. It's really hard to find the, the good projects that are priced well and that are built by, you know, reputable, uh, builders that are going to be great investments and, and, um, they're getting harder and harder to find. Um, but where is the smart money going today? Would you say, I mean, obviously you're going to plug your own projects, but more in a general sense, like what, what is it that you would look for as an investor in the market um, today? Another great question. I mean, obviously, we as, as, a, as a company believe that Young and Eglinton has a lot of uh, amazing potential for growth, and, and there are a few other nodes in the city that we've identified as, as having uh, those reasons for growth. But from a macro perspective, um, as an investor, you know, put my position aside as a savvy investor, which at this point I'd, I'd like to think that I am probably. Not <laughs> like to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like to think that we'll I'm give you that. We'll give you that title. Yeah. I always like to, to be close to transit. I think that's very important, especially in a city like Toronto. Toronto is, is truly a becoming a world-class city, but unfortunately in terms of transit where, far from where we need to be when you compare us to you know the, the top cities in the world be it new york or london or paris our transit is, is simply not quite where it needs to be just yet so transit is very important for me i also try to identify where 
infrastructure investments are being made where infrastructure investments are being made be it yeah. um, on a, from a corporate perspective from the private sector uh, from the government sector and um, and why is that what's what, what's so important I mean I know where you're going with it but what's so important with uh, infra- infrastructure I think when 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 government starts to invest in certain neighborhoods in infrastructure in developing neighborhoods or building new schools or building new roads or you know building a new transit line if the private sector is investing in uh, building new retail those are all uh, you know kind of uh, factors for me that identify that growth is coming to those neighborhoods and and to me those are all the things that happen just before population growth and population growth in specific nodes is what drives real estate values up you know if you don't have the population growth but you keep developing real estate values will not increase because the population is not there to support it but if you're starting to develop the infrastructure and if you're starting to create jobs in certain neighborhoods naturally the people will follow and people will follow They'll start buying up real estate around those areas, and values will begin to increase. And rentals are gonna, you know, come in and, and start commanding premiums. And to me, that is probably the biggest factor to consider: is where is the smart money going for uh, from the government and the private sectors? Mm-hmm. Talking about Young and Eglinton uh, now. In some ways, it's, you know, everybody knows Young and Eglinton, but I find that it's sort of often overlooked by, you know, particularly people who are used to investing downtown Toronto. Would you say that Young and Eglinton is the most underrated neighborhood in Toronto in a way? I think when it comes to high rises, I I, I really believe that it is. I think that it's, it's overlooked... Um, Traditionally, investors are simply looking to invest in, quote-unquote, downtown Toronto, and they don't consider Young and Eglinton to be downtown Toronto. Um, the investors that are fixated on investing in, in the downtown will find you know, great projects, but there's, there's a lot of projects that are happening in the downtown core that have seen no increase in, in real estate values in, in years. Right. Young and Eglinton, the growth has been pretty amazing. Um, there's many factors that make Young and Eglinton as great as it is. I would say that just having a restricted area for, for density is, uh, is going to be a huge driver for the real estate values there because unlike downtown, in Young and Eglinton, you can only develop high-rise buildings in about a six or seven block radius, which is very low, and it tells you that the, that the amount of land available for that type of redevelopment is limited. And when land is limited, and you begin to develop, the inventory of land um, becomes lower and lower, and then the land values go up, and for, for developers to only be able to make their margins, they have to charge more for the, rec- for the, re- for the real estate. And, and that's gonna continue to drive prices in that neighborhood. Being um, in the in the geographical center of the city, and of course having all the transit line and the upcoming LRT, that's going to be just a, a total game changer for for 
you know, transporting yourself through Ontario or sorry, through Toronto via subway and LRT line. I think that uh, that it's time for Young and Eglinton to get noticed. I believe that this year, I think, was a real breakthrough year for Young and Eglinton. Um, you know, selfishly, I think we, we had quite a bit to do with it. We're the very successful project. And uh, and I think now people are starting to, to look at Young and Eglinton and say, wait a minute, there's a lot of really great things happening in this neighborhood uh, from an infrastructure perspective, from a population growth perspective. Um, and and it's time for us to really consider it. And then when they start looking into it a little bit more, they understand that Young and Eglinton is probably one of the best, if not the absolute best, rental submarket in the city, which is, you know, probably one of the things that are most important for investors these days. Yeah, absolutely. We could have a whole podcast just on the the uh, the rental submarket of Young and Eglinton and how unique and how strong it is. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about Art Shop. And maybe you could give us a little update what's happening with Art Shop. Obviously, the project was, you know, probably the most successful or one of the top two or three most successful condo launches uh, of the entire year. And, uh, you know, it's approaching a sellout now. What uh, what can you tell us about that and what's happening with uh, with Carl Lagerfeld's involvement? So Art Shop was, um, was, was just an anomaly, a total anomaly, I think, for the market as a whole. It, it doesn't happen often where you work on a project for so long and you're hoping you're doing, as a developer, you're hoping you're doing all the right things and, you know, making the right product and the right product mix and, and the great amenities and trying to make it as unique as you can. And you just kind of hope for the best when you put it out there, um, you know, hoping that, that the people of Toronto, the residents right. in Eglinton, like at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you don't know how it's going to turn out. Even you do everything right, but you really don't know until you put it out there. Exactly, and and with our shop, we've just tried to do everything right. We were quite conscious of who the buyers are, Young and Eglinton, and we've created a lot of large units at our shop, which were incredibly popular. Um, but you know, we were looking for the X factor there, and going back and forth with the team. Um, of course, our partners uh, on the project capital developments as well. Um, we were just trying to find the a way to really make it special, <clears throat> and you know, actively seeking uh, a way, you know, an out of the box way to to really make it stand out. And you know, when we came up with when the opportunity came up to potentially partner with Karl Lagerfeld for him to to design the interiors of of the lobbies. We just thought, you know what, how amazing would it be to to have one of the most iconic figures in the history of fashion work on the art shop as his first project in, in North America. And, uh, you know, we started working. We started working with him. He's, he's brilliant. He, he came for uh, for a session in, in, in Toronto, of course, and, and we threw a big party for him. That was his first time in Canada. Uh, Peter and, and Jordan from both Freed and, and uh, Capital Developments have went to Paris for a design session as well. And, and now we're very, very close to finalizing the lobby designs, which I've seen a sneak peek of. They look absolutely incredible, as you would expect from, from Karl Lagerfeld. And, and um, we're close to unveiling those, hopefully in the next couple of months. Uh, also, because sales have, have gone so well, 
we're you know we're hoping to to get to construction right away as well and and get that going and you know we're just very very excited about the the result of all of the work that we've put into it and we're humbled by the fact that it was so well received by so many people within the community and outside and that's amazing yeah it's, i think everybody's very excited to um to see what carl's come up with for the lobbies um you know obviously the project is pretty much sold out so uh, it's interesting, you know, everybody, everybody really just bought based on the location, based on the, you know, the reputation of, uh, the development team. And, you know, I'm sure the, the Carl Lagerfeld was just involved with it. People were just so excited. And now very soon they're going to get to see what the result of that was. Uh, and now you're getting ready to officially launch 150 Red Path, um, coming up soon. What did you sort of learn from Art Shop and what did you take to Red Path a few blocks away to sort of, you know, step up the game uh, on, on the newest building at Red Path? Right. Great question. So off the bat, I'll tell you that it will be always very, very tough to, to top the art shop. And, um, and as a developer, just looking back at our history, you know, both with Freed and with the company that I was employed with before, whenever you do a project, just like anything in life, when you do anything in life, um, when you do it the second time or the third time, you just naturally get better because you pick up on your mistakes um, or find ways to improve what you've done the previous time and you implement that into the next time you do it. So, you know, every project for us is, is a big learning experience and uh, and we always try to find ways to, to make every single condo that we build and we're involved with uh, exciting for, for many reasons. And I think that 150 Red Path will be, you know, unique for many different, for many different reasons. But the one that really stands out is it's going to be a 24 hour lifestyle building. Uh, first of its kind in Young and Eglinton with, with a 24 hour diner in the building that will serve um, all of the residents of the building uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The amenities there are going to be unbelievable. We've gone out and we've looked at some of the best amenities of, of all the buildings in the world. And, you know, we wanted to make it feel really, really special for, for the people who are going to live at 150 Red Pass. Uh, so we have the amazing spa and game rooms and dining areas. And you're, when, when I recite them, they sound like amenities that are available in every building. Right. Again, we put our own twist on it to make sure that they really stand out. And um, when the when the building hits the market in the next few weeks, I hope that buyers and agents will come down to our sales center and really get a feel for what we're creating because it's just going to be so special for for Young and Eglinton, and and it's going to really change um, what the product offering has been at Young and Eglinton to to date. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, uh, like you said, you it sounds like it's sort of the same as other buildings, but it really comes down to the Freed factor, you know, as a lot of people like to call it. Um, you know, Freed is, uh, you know, he himself, but but your whole company. I mean, you guys have built uh, just a, a very recognizable and um, unique brand in 
you know, in the condo world over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. And it's, you just go into a freed building and right away you, you understand what it's all about and how it is different from other projects and, you know, just the uniqueness of it, the cool factor. Um, it just, it feels, it feels amazing. It just feels like a great place to, to live and to spend time. But it's, it's also looking at, like you said, the retail component, um, in the building as well is so important to, to the whole package. Uh, so it's really, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's hard to sort of explain without just seeing it for yourself, but the freed factor is definitely there and, and buyers in the resale market definitely pay a premium for that. Right. Thank you for for saying that. That's kind of you. (laughs) Um, let's, uh, moving forward. I mean, uh, there's, you know, freed sort of started out, uh, himself and the company was sort of humble beginnings in, in King West there, one building at a time. And now it just seems like you guys are just, uh, your horizons are just shooting through the stratosphere and, and you're growing like crazy. And I don't know, uh, I guess you can, I think it's public now. You can tell us about your, the latest acquisition, the latest big news from Freed. Uh, the site that's going to be coming up in the future. Why don't you tell us about that and any other sites that you've got uh, sort of in the pipeline you can tease us with? Sure. So first off, you're right. The reason the reason for, you know, that the last 10 years have been so successful for us and um, the next 10 years are projected to be, you know, probably our best 10 years uh, yet by far yeah it's like exponential growth <laughs> it, it's it's pretty unbelievable you know it's very very exciting um, before we jump into that I really want to take a quick moment to thank um, there there are just so many people to thank for for the growth and, and the kind of year that we've had so far um, we're currently ranked on RealNet as the number one developer in uh, the GTA in terms of year-to-date sales and and that is just because of so many amazing buyers who believe believe in in who we are and what we do. Um, you've alluded to the freaked factor. That's definitely you know one of the reasons people believe in us. I want to thank you know a lot of our broker and agent partners who uh, who have just shown amazing support and and again belief in 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 our way of doing things and um, the growth that is expected for us in the next few years is only uh, afforded to us because uh, of so many agents and, and, and brokers and buyers who really believe in, uh, in Freed. So I want to thank everyone for, for really giving us the best year yet so far. And we're hoping that the next five and 10 and beyond are going to just be record-breaking just as much as this year has been for us. Great. For you've you've touched on a recent acquisition we've just closed and are very excited about um, picking up what we think is one of the greatest um, large plots of land still available uh, in Toronto's um, in Toronto we've partnered up with with uh, with a lad who's who's another you know large developer they've done some great work locally and of course internationally and uh, we've we've purchased and closed on the Galleria Mall, and uh, mm-hmm. you know. So for those who for those who aren't familiar with that, just remind everybody where that is exactly. 
and how big that site is? It's on the co- corner of uh, Dufferin and DuPont. It's it's a pretty tired mall right now. There's some great some great stores there, and you know some great history behind it. But in a city that's growing like Toronto has, um, I think that you know it'd be great to really spruce up that neighborhood. I think it's going to have a huge effect on everything that happens in that neighborhood after that. Uh, the site itself is about 12 acres, and it abuts uh, an eight-acre park and community center. So it's just a great location that just needs uh, just needs some love, and, and that's what we do so well. We find great pockets, great nodes that have a lot of potential, and we go in there and we just try to transform um, the neighborhood in the best way possible to the best that that neighborhood could be. And we feel that the Galleria Mall development would just be an amazing opportunity to to really change that neighborhood, um, you know, top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that's a great point. It's uh, you've got the large property of the mall itself, but there's all it's also attached to to a park, a great green space. So, you know, your imagination is already starting to go into what you could sort of build there in terms of a master plan community. Is there any, like, what's sort of the, uh, is there any early stage sort of vision of what we're talking about or broad strokes? Like what, what kind of projects or, or buildings or what are we talking about here? Condos, rental buildings, high rise, low rise? Like what? So we've started, we've started, you know, just taking a step by taking a step back and conceptualizing on what we think uh, along with our partners, that that neighborhood needs and what is the best fit uh, for for the neighborhood's needs. And I think it's still premature, but we are, you know, we are obviously thinking about making a big retail play there, uh, potentially a, an office component. Obviously, the residential component is going to be massive. And, uh, and having the park there is going to be, you know, a pretty pretty remarkable feature to have, as you mentioned. So, I believe it's it's too early for us to get into the details simply because we don't know them. But you know, think think large scale development on all fronts, um, and um, and all with the goal of benefiting the neighborhood and its residents. Awesome! Very exciting. Um, what else can you? What other? I know you got some other sites that are coming in the pipeline uh what else can you tell us about what you have coming up uh freed so we have a site um that i'm personally very excited about it in the annex on um on dupont and um it's at um, dupont and uh, just east of bathurst there it's very very close to the subway line it's just a couple of subway stops away from uh university of toronto it's walking distance away from uh, the George Brown campus. It's uh, it's just a quick, short walk away to Casa Loma and, and of course, the neighborhood of, of Forest Hill there. And, uh, and I think that that stretch uh, is going to be very different in 10 years. And again, that's just us recognizing an opportunity for our buyers to be able to get into a neighborhood that will change uh, that stretch has actually been designated by the city as a regentrification area, which means that the city will encourage development um, so that 
the neighborhood could really live up to its full potential because the location is just so great. So I think that, you know, that's uh, that's going to be an amazing project that we're hoping to introduce, you know, in the next uh, year or so. Uh, early next year, we will have um, a project at Avenue Road in, in Davenport, just west of Avenue Road. It's going to be a boutique building with, with 35 units, all very large, very high-end, um, kind of going back to our roots in a sense. When, when Peter started Freed, it was more about the boutique small buildings, and, and this is an opportunity for us to, to do that again in, in a great neighborhood in the city. And, uh, and beyond that, we're just working on a, on a couple of big land deals that unfortunately I can't share the details with you, but I can tell you that uh, they're going to be very, very exciting in amazing locations, which is what we kind of specialize in, and uh, instill in, an op in, in areas with opportunity for investors to see great returns on their purchases, as well as end users who will be able to purchase units um, in areas that are rapidly changing. Wow. So just a few things on the go. <laughs> just a few. Yeah, uh, but it's very interesting. I think that's definitely worth everyone, uh, every condo investor should definitely, or any real estate investor should take note of what's happening on DuPont. Uh, there's so much going to be, you know, in that corridor uh, transitioning, and it's certainly overdue. I mean, you, you go along that stretch anytime in the last five to 10 years, and you, and you realize how close you are to, you know, everything in downtown Toronto, Yorkville, uh, Annex, uh, U of T, you know, as well as Forest Hill and, and uh, transit and everything else. It's so strategically located in the very center of the city, uh, and yet it's so underdeveloped, really, compared to compared to its surroundings. So uh, definitely a, a corridor to watch and to consider investing in over the next few years, DuPont Street there. Um, and we'll definitely be excited to see what uh, you guys come up with um, on your sites there. Ryan, thank you very much for your time today. Is there anything else you want to add? Is there any um, anything else you want people to know about uh, about yourself or about free developments or um, or about uh, just you know real estate market in general in Toronto? I just I, I I'd like to I'd like to add and just you know for the listeners to to know we really feel that Toronto is one of the greatest cities to live in the world. You know, we, we get the opportunity and are fortunate enough to be able to travel through um, many different cities all over the globe. And, and we're just so excited about Toronto, its development, its growth, and, and what it has to offer to its, uh, to its residents. And we just couldn't be happier and more fortunate to, to be working in the city with the amazing people that live here and, you know, just having, experiencing, you know, the best, the best growth and the best, um, the best growth and the best life quality that, uh, in our opinion, uh, we've seen in, in any of, of the other big cities in the world. So um, thank you to, to really everyone again, just for making this an amazing year for us and making Toronto what it is, just a great city to, to live in. Great. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Thank you, Andrew. 
Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.